Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Skyping's Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. I mean, people, we have, listen, we typically like bank episodes. You know, we may do some, some episodes that are more evergreen, et cetera, but I have never been more happy to be in a, a space of timeliness because we absolutely got to talk about the insurrection slash coup slash just dumb people being dumb that went down on January 6th. And I think for all intents and purposes, a lot of us um, watched it as black people in much of the same way. And thus, today's episode is side effects of watching the coup as a black American. Because I think, you know, this is going to be one of those episodes where my goal is that you're in your car like, yes, exactly, at least four times. And so joining me on this journey uh, of remembrance is my very good friend. You you previously heard him on Side Effects of Platonic Friendship. Uh, you've also seen him on such shows as Power and uh, such stages as Broadway in various performances. I mean, he's a Tony Award-nominated actor and performer, as well as an Emmy Award-nominated actor and performer. And he's also a producer. And he also is the founder of WeAre.org, which is a nonprofit organization that is all about mobilizing folks for voting, uh, Black folks particularly. Uh, for- it's, it's actually, it's just motiv- motivating people to seize the levers of self-determination. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> of, uh, on which I am a board member. Uh, <laughs> but I say all of that to say that he is also a full-ass Negro. And so... He- <laughs> So here we are. Now, Brandon, also, yes, we are on camera, but remember, this is an audio, uh, this is an audio genre. So please make sure to continue to articulate um, all of my expression. Yes, yes. Because y'all are, I'm seeing eyes, but y'all, y'all can't hear the eyes. Um, You can hear his mustache, though, because that stash is (laughs) in full, that stash is like Michael Jordan's wingspan. Yes. (laughs) People I like. First off, Brandon, where were you when you found out that these white people were wilding out? It's like when we oh, can't be assassinated add- when Michael Jackson died and when the white people wilded out. <laughs> yes. Those the where were you when Michael Jackson died? I was standing on uh, 51st Street and Broadway. I just come up 50th. I just come out of the, the subway train. And there was this eerie, eerie feeling as soon as I got out of the train. Like, literally, it was like, it was like everybody was standing still. People were just standing still in, like, the middle of the street, like, just not doing anything. I was like, what's going on? And that part of town, for those who don't know, in New York City is the top of Times Square. So it's still pretty bustling. So for people... No, it's a full of people. And I was looking downtown, and I just saw people stand, a sea of people standing still, and I was like, what is going on? Either aliens have arrived, or... Michael Jackson is dead. And Michael Jackson was dead. So. Now, see, I had come out the train station in Harlem on 151st in Amsterdam. And when I got out the train, I immediately looked at my phone and got a text from my mom that said MJ died. I thought she said Michael Jordan. So I out loud went, Michael Jordan died? And a woman across the street just said, no, Michael Jackson. And I was like, no. (laughs) And... She was like, yes, honey, yes, honey. Yes, honey. And I called my mom and my mom was sobbing. 
I called my uh, my man at the time, who's a terrible person, um, but he was a Michael Jackson. Fun. Good enough to love Michael Jackson. He was a good yes. enough person to love Michael yes. Jackson. <laughs> and he actually like made. He was an artist, and he made me a denim jacket that has Michael Jackson on it. And I won't wear it anymore, but I just can't throw it away because it's just too good. It's just too good. Um, but I remember he he didn't believe me. He was like, you're lying. And I was like, why the fuck would I call you and lie about the death of Michael Jackson? And he hung up and then called me back and was like, you're telling the truth. Yes. So I want to add that Brandon is from Maryland. So, you know, the D.C. area, PG County, all that, like he is very well versed with that landscape. So where were you? When it popped off, wait, what was the first one that you said? Uh, oh, 9-11? Was that the first one you said? Uh, no, I said uh, JFK. It was a JFK oh, yeah. assassination, which a number of us weren't alive for. So I was going to say, for our generation, I feel like it's 9-11. Yeah, there's 9-11. Yeah, you're right. That would have been the 9-11. Um, I was approximately on 119th and Amsterdam. And for the insurrection, I was in my apartment. In your apartment. So you were in, so you were, you were in Harlem. Now, mm-hmm. were you just casually watching TV or, cause I don't even think we, we do that anymore. We don't just casually watch TV. Like how did you learn of the meth, of the uh, events that were taking place? I was watching uh, a soccer match. Um, and then my, my, my partner, Warren, you know, my business partner, he was like, yeah, he just started just for the record, me. when you just said my partner Warren, there was probably a number of our listeners who gasped and were like, oh, damn. That's why I was like, let me give them the business. <laughs> my business partner, Warren. He is still As available. He was sitting with his wife and child, texted me. <laughs> so there you go, y'all. He's still available. He out here. He out here. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, do you see what's happening? Like caps and question marks. And I was like, so then I went on to Twitter and I was like, Cause I knew, I knew the whites were gathering, but <laughs> I, I, I just, I, they gather. And I, I was like, they're going to gather again. They gather like 10 days, 10 days before, you know, I was like, okay. So, right. um, I didn't expect anything of it. And then when I looked at it, I was like, I watched it for 10 minutes. And like, I put some things, I heard some people and then I was like, okay. And I went back to my game. Um, because the thing for me was there's the initial like, uh, what is happening? And then I was like, oh, okay, let's just see what happens. Because I know, being from D.C., I know for a fact that what happened is an impossibility mm-hmm. unless it is allowed to happen, unless number of the people allow that to happen. You, the D.C. as a city is designed to prevent strategic military attack from being able to do that very, very same thing. So unless they, unless they didn't want, I mean, the only reason those people got into the Capitol is because they wanted to let them into the Capitol and let all that happen. Because otherwise there are, there's the, the Capitol police, the, the DC police, the municipal police, the state, the federal, and a couple of military bases that are within a mile of this place. And we also saw quite recently when they knew uh, uh, a collection of Negroes were going to peacefully march through the street, they stacked military personnel all over that place. They're snipers. Yeah, it's like, so So the only way that happens is if you let that happen. So that's what I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to see what happens at the end of this because they're letting this happen. So you, okay, so so for me, my my I had like walked the dog it was a it was a peaceful Wednesday, and I had mm-hmm. forgotten that the whites were gathering because oh. I was actually more so. So I've been getting up every morning to do writing sessions. So I try and get up like 7 a.m. and my day starts at 9. So I try and get up at 7 a.m. and write for two hours. And when mm-hmm. I got up at 7, the word had come down that both Warnock and Ossoff had won in Georgia. So right. that... That had monopolized my morning, you know, being emotional about that, about the fact that that actually happened, because I think for all intents and purposes, we've gotten so accustomed to like evil, just triumphing over and over and over again, that we forget that there are times when like good shit does win 
or, yeah. or, it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think like we really, there's a fair amount of cynicism that has come about in the past year, at least. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I get it. And when I say fair, I mean like it's, it's fair. fair. Like, like I understand, right. but, th- but we have to also remember that like, shit sometimes don't go right for them folks and it because i personally believe that they did everything in their power to steal that vote but we had just done too much right. like that's why i feel like raffin raffle rafflenberger would it raffle 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 house um <laughs> the head of the elections in georgia i believe that when he was on the phone with with your man trump and trump was just like how could you, you know, how do we make this happen? He almost felt insulted because it was like, I know how to steal a vote. Okay. Like right. <laughs> I've stolen a vote before and I can do it again. You this fuck this done. up. He's like, this is done. <laughs> like, this is done. And I'm one million percent percent sure they had instructed Trump not to do things that he did anyway. Absolutely. That prevented it from going that way. Right. So it's just like, well, here's where we are. Thus, I was really emotional about like, damn, like motherfuckers really came out, voted and turned the tide. That's where my head was at. I had forgotten, oh, this is the electoral college vote today. And then I just like, I think I just saw like on, on, on Instagram, something about like they're voting, they're in the process, right? right? Kept it moving. It wasn't until I was sitting here. And my mom, typical, my mom texted me like, you see these crazy white people? <laughs> and I was like, what's she talking about? And like, she said, yeah, exactly. And I thought she was, I don't know what I thought she was talking about. But then when I went to the link that she sent, it was CNN. And I was like, oh, these crazy these white crazy people. Boy. Now, Brandon had already told us like, she's going to pop off on the six. Brendan is our engineer here at Small Doses. He was like, she's going to pop off the stuff. I always knew she was going to pop off. I just didn't know if it was going to be on the 6th. But I've been right. saying, this is a coup. He's planning a coup. That's what this is all going to come down to, him trying to overtake power using his rally of forces. I've been saying that since 2017, but that's another and even So you're saying even the ancillary whites were, were clear. They're like, oh. Yes, because at the end of the day, and I'm pretty sure this is where Brendan was coming from and this is where I'm coming from, He's a narcissist and his behavior is not a departure from any other narcissist, which is I will do whatever it takes and say whatever I need to, to get what I want. So if that means throwing pence and all these other motherfuckers under the bus, I'll do that. If that means putting you and you and you and you, if you were Donald Trump, (laughs) what has happened in your life to show you to behave any differently? You keep winning. My man keeps winning. And people keep letting him do whatever he wants to do. And so he's just, all right. (laughs) And even when he doesn't get what he wants, it's such an easy pivot to something else. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think, and and that's the other part of narcissists that I think a lot of people don't recognize is that like, they're only down for a short amount of time. And then they create (laughs) enough lies to move on to the next thing to keep them going because they basically just live under a mask of insecurity that they just build a new mask for. They just keep building new masks. So I was watching and my first thought was I better not see any Jamal's or Hakeem's out here. Right. Well, so we'll get to that. But, but I really (laughs) was just like, at first what I thought I was watching was just a rally because to your point, I'm like, well, they can't possibly be where they are because you right. can't be there. <laughs> you can't be because you can't be there. <laughs> so that can't possibly be what I'm watching. And then I, as I kept watching, they're like, this is happening. They are on the steps. They're not allowed to be on the steps. These people, are where, they're not where they're allowed to be. And I just know, and we're going to keep saying this. And at first I was like annoyed that people keep saying this, but it has to continue to be re- like reiterated. If these were black people, it would have been called massacre at the Capitol. Yep. Now the caveat is that it would never have been black people because we don't even care about the Capitol like that. So th- th- we there's nothing and, for us and, to and gain. We're not trying to die like that. That's no. not 
we're not trying to symbolically go out. So <laughs> why I'm going to the Capitol? There, there's no money there. There's no <laughs> stimmies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no... Like there, there's a, like I I can't imagine a situation where it would make sense for black people in mass to storm the Capitol for a game. Like you know what I mean? Like I, and then I saw someone say, "Well, you know," and this was a black girl, and she was like, "You know, I just feel like we're we're getting into dangerous territory because we're saying these people are terrorists, and ultimately, like they're not much different than Black Lives Matter protesters." And the fact that we, because she considered herself to be a BLM protester, she was like, "We were protesting the police, and you know, for our cause, and they're protesting the government for their cause. So you know, we shouldn't necessarily have to call them terrorists." And I just wish people would shut up. Yeah, uh, uh, on that. First of all, I, I mean, I think you just got to go behaviorally and intentionally. Yeah. It's like, look, yes. uh, uh, b- black people and people who are part of representing the fact that black lives matter, whether they're in the organization or whatever, they're, the point is we're representing the fact that black lives, lives matter. We're asserting that. The people who are doing that went out to peacefully protest <laughs> against the violence that was continually being inflicted upon them and America and the legal system, which is beholden to them, failing to serve them over and over again. So when you're when your your government are, are your captors, then, you know, it's like, well, who's the terrorist? So there's that. Now, the this group of people specifically went to the Capitol to stop the assertion, the affirming of the Electoral College and to violently do so by any means necessary. They came in with zip ties to try and tie people up and kind of like it's a very the intentions were very specifically different. And sinister in also the fact that the election was already legit. Even what was taking place was some extraneous bullshit. Right. right. So they were coming in to stop the the certification of an already legitimate election. Um in order to do what though? Like after like so if they had stopped it, then what? <laughs> but I, I will I, I will say the thing that I think she m- might be trying to look for, which I do think is a, a legitimate issue that that kind of is an underlying heart for, for all of us in this system, is that if you have come to if your government has broken its relationship with you. <clears throat> If your government has operated in a way where it has told you it is no longer distrustful, it is willing to to deceive you, to give you misinformation, to do X, Y, and Z, then you come to a point where you are willing to be like, I'm not hearing anything you tell me. So after Vietnam and after the Iraq War and AMDs and, and, and the more like the illusions of the government start falling, uh, it's like when people are screaming at uh, uh, black people for being apprehensive about the vaccine and wanting to ask questions. There is a history of the medical institutions who are put in place to protect you deliberately deceiving, killing, sterilizing, infecting. So it's not whether I believe in the efficacy of the vaccine. It's do I trust the institutions that are in place who are responsible for my health? Uh, do I trust that they have the integrity that they they that has been proven that they haven't had in the past? And when those kinds of trusts in your government, your governmental systems erode, and when you refuse to call out um, untruths when they happen, when you refuse to create a clear distinction between what is objectively true and what is opinion and fact, then you, for your own personal advantage, then you blur the lines for everybody, and you can't say anything to anybody. That's why even these. These Johnny come lately Republicans who are trying to be like, everybody calm down, don't do it. That's why people are like, oh, you are you part of it now too. Rah, rah, rah. That's why they're all like, blue lives matter, blue lives matter. But the second that any one of those cops opposed them, and not a lot of them did, but any of the ones that did oppose them from coming right. in, they dragged that man over the thing and beat him down. It's like, oh, not your blue life, those blue lives, because those blue lives are aligned with us and they they so they know us up. All the people who are moving the barricades and letting everybody come. The irony in that, though, is that the government that they're claiming is lying to them. Like that government, don't get me wrong, they be lying. But the government that they're supporting are the ones who created like the the Trump of it all. There's no integrity to them either. So it's like your 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 line of of logic doesn't hold. No, because you can question the integrity of everybody over here. But you can't then come bring me your boy. 
But look at my man's here. Nah, you can't. Your man That's literally the- made up the term alternative facts. Like... <laughs> as, a, as not a description of things that are bad and fake, but as... as, as, as No, this is our version of the truth. No, they're alternative, alternative facts. Which is really just lies. This yeah, is just lies. Like, no, no. I started watching and was like giddy <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you no i because I saw, I, I saw you on your ig live and the way you was in that <laughs> salad and eyes wide just like look <laughs> uh-uh i okay. was like these crackers <laughs> gonna crack yo this is a whole fool look at this like, you, yo, 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 really upset and You're i know the six lengths i couldn't i know there are so like majority of black people were like, look at this mess. And I was just like, yo, because I had said very clearly, like I was trying to tell people on January 6th, these whites are gathering. Do not make it your fight. Let them gather. Let them do what they're doing. We ain't got no business being out there. There's not going to be any pictures of us hugging, you know, Trump supporters and trying to, you know, bring them to the barbecue. That's not, this ain't the time. Yeah, they don't want to come to the barbecue. No, it was, it it really to me was like an example of the worst of America. And I feel like a lot of people were watching that thinking, oh my God, this is not an example of America. And it's like, this is America. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, and that, but, and I understand our frustration at, at people who talk like that, but you know, it, it is, it, it is a stark contrast to the brand and marketing of America that you, we are force fed from the point where we're from our children, you know, it's right. why it's, it's, it becomes, it, it takes a little while for us to be like, yo, this, this, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, it, it just look, I don't know if maybe it's also because like I grew up in a Grenada household, even though, I went to American schools and I, you know, my father's American. So I had a very like dual consciousness, but my mom always made a lot of effort to like expose me to international news. And this mm-hmm. I should be going on internationally, like on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like this shit is in the Philippines, Venezuela, <laughs> um, various African. Another nations. collapsed election in Yugoslavia this afternoon. Right. This is a, yeah, it's like it is the kind of thing you hear or you, you look at like parliament and cats are going rah rah on each other. Like you're like, whoa, what is going? Look at how these people do government. <laughs> look, look at these people. This is not this is not Haven't Don't they see what we've got? What are they, what are they doing? What are they wasting so much time for? Come on over, America. But then I was like, when I saw that they had made it into the building, when I saw them break the window, that's when I was like, they, when they was outside, they like broke a window with a chair. I was like, oh, these folks planned this shit. They planned this. They had to because I was like, there's no way that they're able to do this without, there, no one was stopping them. That's what I'm saying. You, you literally, you saw... Police officers opening the the the, the barriers for Helping people, people like, down the steps, just just hanging out inside, taking selfies, and you even heard other officers, like black officers, as they were describing, you know, how many times they've been called nigger. They were also being like, but you could see the um, off-duty uh, officers and military personnel from the country around the country who are flashing their things to people to to yep. set, so that other officers who are on duty there would let them in, and that is the. That's another element here that, that people need to hone in on. And some people are talking about it. Like there is a tendency uh, to characterize the people who behave like this and hold an ideology like this as, you know, poor whites. I was going to say, yeah. But they are, the, the whole element there is that poor whites can't do what happened. Poor whites can't even afford to do what happened. Well, they had um, to get there. Huh? Yeah, they had to get there, but then the poor whites are committed. But they 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 certainly didn't do it alone. And what what it, what you have to begin to understand is that in, in the same way that you're like, I was looking for Jamal's and Hakeem's is like the, the thing people need to start to embrace here is that like this thing is more than skin deep. It's a it's about an ideology, 
And so it's not just how people reflect on the outside. There are people who are willing to support these views and these movements who are standing next to you, who are wearing suits, who are yeah. who have degrees, who are yeah. like who are the people of, in positions of real power, mm-hmm. who who feel the same way, who are okay with this. I think they said something like 57% of Americans think that that he should be, uh, or I think that it, it, it was wrong, but like only 50 or 47 feel he should be punished or removed or something like that. There are, for us in the entertainment space, the amount of people who know the power of media and the image and how that affects consciousness and who control whether I think it's greenlit or not, Mm. and will kill or let a let a thing go like there are people who hold these ideologies some of them look like you and me yeah absolutely and it's not to be taken lightly i think it's like my mom was just saying like because i grew up in florida uh from like eight to 18 and my mom was like you know the women who were sitting next to me at my job like this is them this is like this is what they were doing and my mom was a nurse at an insurance company and she was just like she always knew you know like my gymnastics coach had told me he was a trump supporter and i just could never go back to my gym and i mean i always go visit every time i come home but when you talk about that ideology i think for a lot of people they were they were um what's the word I'm looking for? Like they were picking, they were sifting through what part of Trump they were okay with aligning themselves with as if the other parts that they didn't align themselves with didn't count anymore. So like, that's the part that always amazed me. This idea of like, well, I just like his, I just like his personality. And it's like that you can't that's only, that's, that's only one push. The people had a natural al- alignment with what he represents and who he is because Trump tries to take on the idealized paradigm of of the white Western male, the white Western Christian male, which is in order to make it in America, we've all been taught that that is the image you need to get the closest to. It's why white women have a kind of a psychosis issue with themselves because they you know, you're trying to be a white man, but you don't ever get to actually hold the power of a white man. So you, you have all this power, but it can be taken from you at any moment. And that's, uh, you yeah. know, within the white power structure. And so, you know, I, I think that that, <clears throat> that element is very much at play. Do you feel like, okay, so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I feel like this is every like insurrection type movie I've seen. Like this is Angelina Jolie salt. This is Nicolas Cage, uh, uh, national treasure. I was like, I was like, I feel like there's a Denzel film that fits this. Like I've seen this movie and in my mind, I'm like, there's people in the background that are doing way more sinister stuff than we're seeing on screen. Because one thing that I also noticed was like the footage that we were being shown is very different than the footage that they're showing us now. Like when I was watching this in real time, the footage was more show the buffoonery, right? It was more, fo- it was more so like, Oh, look at this guy. And damn, like that's crazy that he's in Nancy Pelosi's office. And look at this guy carrying the speaker's podium, etc. Now we're seeing footage of like massive crowds screaming out, hang, hang Mike Pence, which I find Hilarious, by the way. That's like, and they erected you a just lost one. It's so silly. How come they erected a <laughs> and it was for a white man? And I find that just that's a lot of mindfuckery for me to deal with. And I've had to laugh through all of this with ease. Like I haven't had to like I keep waiting for myself to feel some type of way. And I'm like, you know what? Eventually. We'll see how this all comes down. But when I was watching the footage, I knew intrinsically, though, we're watching a lot of foolishness and goofery, but there's, like, deeper things happening in the background. I was actually very relieved to see that, like, we didn't end up seeing a hostage situation, you know, that we didn't end up seeing, like, okay, these were the people that were thrown out in the mix so that some former Navy SEAL couldn't, you know, could go to the background and, like, right. go through the labyrinth of tunnels and and rope up Mitch McConnell and Mike Pence. And next thing we know, we see them on a hostage tape. I can't, it's hard for me to see it without laughing. These well, you know, people. conspiracy me, conspiracy me was really, like, because I was watching Lindsey Graham give that silly-ass speech about all his indignation. And I was like, but now this is the final straw. He's like, this is, come on, people. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a democratic election. It's the, and I'm like, you look silly, girl. 
I was like, this is so, <laughs> I was like, this is so performative that I was starting to be like, and you know, okay. you are an Emmy nominated and Tony Award nominated performer. So you can recognize performance when you see it. And I was just like, I was like, I'm looking at it. I was like, this is making me feel like, because uh, again, I know this, this doesn't happen unless y'all let this happen. And all of y'all managed, uh, all of y'all managed to get spirited away to safety uh, just in time. And I was like, this is beginning to make me feel like y'all decided to let this symbol of you know, this very contrasting symbol with what happened this summer of, of white supremacist ideology washed through here. And you're going to, there'll be a couple of symbolic arrests, but you ain't going to really go sweep through and go get those people. And now you're out here crying. Well, so you wanted to let, let the people have their thing. And now you can be like, all right, certify this election and we can move forward. Feeling like you let people have their stuff, but people wasn't even going to let you calm them down. Cause the second you said, stop this people, they was like, Oh, Oh, look at this turncoat, home. And they was rah-rah Lindsey Graham in the airport, in the na- in the national airport. They were all over this man walking down the hallway. I was like, wow. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, somebody said, and they're just like, you're like, you're like, traitor, turncoat, like moms of people, as he's just, he's just in his phone walking Where down the corridor. John with the next turncoat ho crunk record? That could be the return of crunk. You <laughs> <with> turncoat ho. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so as somebody who is definitely much more versed in these names and the politics of it all and, um, you know, the ways in which this will move forward along like legal lines, do you have any theories? I am imagining that there will not be many like legal consequences in the political realm as far as Donnie and his cohorts and people. Really? I'm really feeling like, I mean, I've been paying much attention, but I believe people are already calling for the, you know, in the interest of unity, let us, you know, in the interest of moving forward, let us, because the the thing is what that, what that is, no matter what you think it is, you know, treasonous, it's criminal, whatever, but it was a real show of power. It was an extraordinary show of power. As was, he lost the election, but he lost it winning more votes than any other Republican candidate in history. Almost, you know, it, it, it was it's like 75 million, 72 million votes. That, that, like, that represents a large swath of the population that is all good with say my swath. man. That is publicly good with my man. And so, 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 again, we're not even counting the people who are privately good with right. my man. So I, I, I think they, they are fearful which is why they've allowed all of this nonsense to go on for so long, which I was partly curious about for a little while. I was like, y'all are continuing to go along with, this is a guy um, you called a clown before he got elected. You all think yeah. he's a clown. I know you think he's a clown. Absolutely. So now that he's lost, why are you doing this? Then I realized of the $250, $300 million that Trump just had raising during this last month and a half, two months, the Republican National Park Committee gets 25 to 40% of that. So they were making money the whole time he was drum. He was beating the drums of all this fraud election, fraud election. And again, there are enough of the people who, for certain uh, congressmen, uh, senators, enough of their con- constituency rock with my man. And so they're trying to ride the line of, all right, let me not look ridiculous after this is over, but let me make sure I'm still here when this is over because I don't want these people to come for me or feel like I was against them. So I think there are, there, there is, there are people that politically... Because this is not an aberration. This is, they are thinking about how they represent this portion of the country. Mm -hmm. They are thinking about what they can do. And so I really think that there's going to be a reluctance to do those things. And, you know, you know, Jimmy Bides, Jimmy Bides want to want to get going on a successful presidency. So he he don't got much time. He don't got but two, two, two and a half, three years. My mom was like, Biden looked like he needed to take a long nap after today. He really looked like he really... And I wouldn't be mad at him. He did his work. All we asked him to, was to get here. All it's we did true. was ask him to get You know, here. I think... And he was the first one to publicly be like, these are insurgents. Like, this is an insurrection. And then people were calling it an insurrection. Up until that point, people kept calling it a protest. 
And it was interesting because I was watching CNN and then I'm, I'm also, it was a command center in here, y'all. I had a computer set up and then I shared my screen. So I had extended the screen. So I was looking at the, the TV, the, the CNN live on oh my gosh, darn uh, my TV. Then I had my phone set up on my computer and then I had my iPad set up. And so I was really, and I'm in a group chat with a it lot of- It was so of sophisticated. Books. I thought your mother was there. Exactly. And she was not. <laughs> She was on the on the on the uh, FaceTime. Just her audio was on the IG live, and I really was like watching what the people within IG live were saying at the same time as watching what the people on CNN were saying and like seeing how things lined up, you know. And Anderson Cooper is really the only one who was keeping it a buck. By the way, like Anderson right. from Jump Street was like, "What the fuck is this?" And, <laughs> The only way to report that. What the, the whole time. And then, like, Mayor Bowser came on and was like, you know, we, we're putting things in place. He was like, but... And then Tapper was like, what are going to be Like, Tapper was not playing games either. Jake Tapper came on with full Anderson Cooper vibes and kept the same energy and was like, yeah, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I, I, if these were Black people, if these were the Blacks, this would be shut down. Um so that was I, that was my initial surprise because I was like I was like the America has never hesitated to deal with to deal harshly with poor whites, never. So I was like, I was like I expect them they have they, I mean they give the illusion to the poor whites that they deal differently with them so yes, that they yes, can yes, smite yes. them from the blind side. But in general, they so that's part of why I was like, oh okay, this is they, they, folks is in cahoots because this is. Otherwise, y'all just beat them aside. The cohesion was definitely in the mix. While we are airing this episode, they're voting on impeachment. So I don't know if they're going to go through that with that or not. Um, but what I was, what I when I was watching it and seeing just the 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 shock and awe of the. Um, of the pundits. I was also growing annoyed that once again, it was just like all white news people reporting this and, Mm -hmm. and that there weren't like black voices. But then, um, I saw a black journalist bring up this very valid point. And she was like, you know, when black lives matter really came to the fore, there was a lot of questioning of if black journalists could really report objectively on black lives matter. Can white journalists report objectively on this? I'm I'm curious. I mean, I think we have to really take a look at where, where when you said earlier, like media is so important. I don't take this podcast lightly because I understand that like media rules. This is especially at a time right now where, where that's really our. I only don't believe it. If I didn't, I only. Be, I don't. Be, I don't believe it. If I haven't seen it happen on TV. If if TMZ hasn't reported it, I like my like my man was like, oh, Dr. Dre had an aneurysm, and I was like, who who'd you hear that from? And he was like, who'd you hear that from? He, I was like, who'd you hear that from? And he was like, he told me Sunsite. I was like, I don't believe it until TMZ has reported it, and I don't even like TMZ, but. I do know that they don't report falsehoods. Like there's some type of legal ramification because of the, the way that they're, because I think they're certified as a news source. So they're not like they can get allowed to, right, right. Yeah. So they can't they have, li- they have liabilities. They can't just print and say salacious things unless there's some level of verification. They are not like all of these like blogs that just be like, whatever the fuck I feel like posting today, click on it. Right. Right. I dare you to sue me. Like I should have sued so many blogs at this point, but I just, you know, I, I didn't have the time. I was on my trampoline. And you so. couldn't be sure they were going to be able to continue to afford their server fees. So he's like, why bother? <laughs> I was surprised when I woke up the next morning and it was a wrap. I really was like, why should you wake up in the morning? They're like, it's over. Like they blew up Capitol Hill. Like while you were sleeping, shit popped off in a whole well, other way. I don't think I, I, as much as they went there to, you know, cause a ruckus, I don't think all of them expected it to go down the way it did. And I don't think all of them knew what they were tr- trying to do. Cause I think a lot of them, there were enough of them who were surprised that cats were just letting them in because there were some people who were just like, <laughs> We in the <laughs> we in here. We one of the one of the greatest videos was watching you know people breaking through windows, crashing through doors, and then getting inside and walking in between the uh, the velvet ropes with disorderly possession, the velvet ropes carrying it, you know, looking around as they go through the ropes, and it was like, 
what is it about the psychology that they broke? And then these ropes just being here kept these people in line. And then as soon as they got, they broke into the rest. It was just like, it was so weird. Such a weird example, like a, 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 a insight into humanity and human psychology. Right. But a lot of them didn't know what, and, they, and, and didn't probably think they were going to succeed, which is then why they were kind of like, all right, well, you know, we gonna we gonna go, we gonna come back, we will come back tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> if I don't see Rotunda used in the title of a mixtape, um, everyone has failed me. <laughs> like Ruckus in the Rotunda, you know what I'm saying? Like Ratchet Rotunda, some type of Rotunda usage has to be utilized because it's it's really if we don't do that or or a rapper name, Lil Rotunda. Young Rotunda, like I want to see the use of this word because I have not seen it used more than this week. Donald uh, George Bush's daughter was like, I kissed my father goodbye in that Rotunda. And it was, it was, it was, it was, you know. But I think the number one sentiment. So what do you think was the number? Okay. What do you think was the number one sentiment that black people shared as they watched this happen? Oh, there's there's only right answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was kind of like uh, that makes sense, right? Is that that uh, over meme again? The over meme where she's like, exactly, y'all. It's a, I mean, it, for me, it is the it's the embodiment of that James Baldwin quote where he says, yep. "Black people often to our detriment, unfortunately, you know, look at." you know, people, who, white people, people who embrace whiteness and their behavior as, as that of children who mm-hmm. have believed their own delusions. And it's just like, we shake our heads, some, but again, sometimes our, our that attitude allows us to, you know... Become the victimization. Become the, the victimization because we refuse to accept that they are fully formed human beings who have made decisions to live like this and we have to deal with them as adults and not children. Which... Huh. Maybe which brings about uh, more uh, harsher realizations. <clears throat> I think for me, the number one sentiment that Black people had watching it was, "It ain't us." <laughs> <laughs> Not it. Not it. I, I I was just like, "It ain't us." And when I see people comparing, like. You know, um, Black Lives Matter this and Black Lives Matter. I understand that the, I understand the wanting to do that and the natural response to do that because of its, I mean, it's like proximity to Black Lives Matter in just timeliness. Mm-hmm. But, but the two are so just not compare, not comparable in any shape way or form. It's just people gathering. That's the only similarity. And I really feel like people are just trying to come people up with- gathering with anger, uh, anger against the government. But one of them is anger against how the government is treating them. And the other one is just anger against the government. <clears throat> and it's, and it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really a wild time in general right now. So I feel like there's also the sentiment of like, Oh, more weird shit. You know, like we've just had, we've just been on such a trend of yeah. just weird shit, wild shit, you know, that I think some people were just like, oh, look, look what's look what's today on the crazy TV. Somebody was like, welcome to December 42nd, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, turn this age. <laughs> so I saw people saying that, you know, they felt like. Don, Carrie Hilson particularly was probably the most notable person who said that she felt like, you know, them banning Trump from Twitter and all these social media platforms is of concern to her because she's seen other people who were banned that were actually, you know, not fairly banned. And she said, you know, she feels like it's an infringement upon like freedom of speech and censoring. And I, I just wanted to let people know, like, that's that's not what that. It's not a that that it's not a free speech platform. It's not a. Sign the terms. Yeah, it's a private platform that privileges and they do what they want on their shit. You know, it's the same reason that, you know, sites like Breitbart and um, what's the one that... If they cut off the internet to your webpage where you're saying what you want to say, that's one thing, but... 
you pretty much can say whatever you want to say on your own. Now, shit. Like, you you can't assume that there's always going to be uh, access to a couple million people who might stumble upon it, you know, but that's right. Like I created SFB society so that there's like a space that I know shit can get said that is controlled by me and my team and that people who respect that this is a safe space are going to operate within. Now I know that when I'm on Instagram, I can post the same exact shit on Instagram and they might be like, no, this is against our community guidelines because we don't, you know, we, we see the word cracker as hate speech and take right. it down. And I can be upset at that, but. But I can't call it censor censorship. Right. I can't, I can't call it, you know, uh, 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 I'm being denied my rights. So where do we, where do we go from here? And what musical, like, what's the musical going to be called for this? Because you well, know. No, did you, I, I, I had people who were like, yeah, I, I just saw, um, it was like, I just saw the, the latest, non-equity production of Les Mis put on by the rabble rousers at the Capitol. As I, I was like, yeah. One day more. What is this raggedy off-Broadway production of Les Mis we're watching right now? I was like, that's, that's good. <laughs> I feel like I, I really need you to hit me with some One Day More. <laughs> and you know you have it ready. So let's not front. One day more, <laughs> another day, another destiny, this never-ending road to Calvary. Yes! These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time. One day more. I did not <laughs> live until today. How can I live when we are parted? One day more. Tomorrow you'll be world's way. To my world has started. <laughs> come on, Alto, come on with the tones. Come on, Sergeant Tones. Come on, Sergeant Tones. <laughs> Ah, Brandon. Um, I need y'all to know that I literally texted Brandon and was like, "What you about to do right now? <laughs> Can, come on the podcast, talk about the shit with me." Because he is one of the people that I knew was watching this shit and had opinions and opinions and opinions. Ultimately, I want to leave y'all with this though. There, there is a really overwhelming sense, I think, by a lot of people that shit is only going to get worse. Um, that you know, this is an indicator of, um, like what this nation is really about. And that if, if this is really what this nation is about, then we can't really thrive as black people in this nation. And I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a part of me that's like, well, I mean, we, we figure it out every time, you know, but there's also a part of me that says, um, there's something shifting in like the universe right now that feels much greater than just like, oh, happening within a rotunda. And I feel curious to see how that plays out. And I'm not ultimately sure how it will. And so I, I, at one point I felt very confident in saying like, make your way out of this country, get out. Like we need to make exits. I don't say that we shouldn't still be conscious about that. And considering that there are other better ways to live, but I do feel like it's like that show that you're binging and you're just like, I'm not really sure about this yet, but I still need to see three more episodes before I completely just let it go. Right. What are your thoughts, Brandon? Uh, you know, I think that the things that we're dealing with in America are, are, are not unique to America. You know, these, uh, the rise of fascism, the reemergence or exposure of, um, <clears throat> of this, this deep seated prejudice, um, that is primarily carried out along racial lines, um, colorist lines that is been pervasive throughout all of Western society. Uh, you know, since the, the advent of, you know, e e Europeans ar arrival and assertion onto the, the, the plane of civilization, the, the era of civilization. But I think an important thing, 
So, I, you know, I think an important thing for, you know, those of us colloquially known as Black is to recognize that we are a global people. Yep. Um, and these issues are to be faced um, and, and, con- and per- conceived of from a global perspective and uh, recognizing that <clears throat> even if you decide your home base needs to be someplace else, which it maybe it does, there might be a more strategic way to engage in this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but recognizing that wherever you go, <clears throat> that needs to be done. And also recognizing that there is not, uh, it's not necessary to seed more of this land in order to, to a kind of, you know, find traction as a people and assert ourselves as a people. Uh, I, I don't think it's, I don't, I, I've moved out of this idea of thinking that, you know, America is this place where we've been brought into as foreigners and subjugated. And so, no, America is a, is a creation that we are very much a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 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 its inception, from before the European had arrived here, you know, the indigenous and African people look like black people um, who have been here, you know, who came here before then. And so, what this land, the legacy of the Americas as a whole, we are very much people who are very much a part of. And so, this idea that that we don't have something to continue to lay claim to here, I think, is something to be abandoned. But again, it's to recognize. Uh, 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 um, the America and the Republic as we know it may end, but that doesn't mean the world ends. <clears throat> and that certainly doesn't mean we, you know, that doesn't yes. mean we as a people yes. end, yes. you know? And that is, that is the thing to recognize. So maybe, yeah, maybe here is not the spot for you, but we, we are global people and these issues are global issues and we have to, we have to remain in the fight no matter where we're fighting from. That's my thought. And that's that on that. take some dmts um so i'll just take uh before we get out of here so we'll just do a few first question how do we create a safe place for black folks in the middle of a country that insists on ignoring white nationalists that are everywhere uh i mean i i think that that becomes about uh fortifying and expanding black faces mm-hmm. uh you know where you're at and making sure that the people who, with whom you've done that and built that community make sure that you are equipped to protect those black spaces on your own. Um, that's from numbers to knowledge to, you know, being connected to people who, who can secure you all physically. You have, you have weapons, you have training, you have people who are aware, but that also means you have people in your community who deal with your local political leaders so that you form the relationships that can be leveraged that you uh, that you fortify your economic foundations so that you have a powerful enough base to leverage. You know, the people only people don't, the only like kind of like rules and laws you, you that people follow are the ones that can be enforced, right? And you can only enforce things through leverage. People respond to money and collective power, um, and that's how any other minority group manages to kind of create a, a foothold in which <clears throat> they are they are. They, there are consequences when they are targeted. Black people are in a different situation because the, the 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 paradigm upon which the whole country is based is based upon the targeting of black people, which other which means other you know other demographic groups will also allow that to happen because it's not yes. them. So yes. there are there are more fights, but but it, the the battle remains the same. <clears throat> it means uh, it, it means working amongst one another to make sure that we can protect one another as we build within with one another. And anybody who wants to ally themselves with that, you know, you, you, you rock with that, but it's about creating strategic alliances and foundations with that old single goal in mind, which is the, the, the uh, autonomy and the power to leverage and expand the autonomy of, of black people, black communities. And I, I think also it's just kind of like, there, for my, for for reasons that make perfect sense because of just our initiation into this landscape of this country, like we still see, we still operate much in part like from white 
institutions as a source point of like our blood source of our community. And what yeah. I mean by that is, um, you know, there have been times throughout this, this, this nation's life where black folks have shifted that. Right. And then they bomb black wall streets and they bomb Philadelphia, you know, and they eradicate and undercut. So it's not to say that efforts haven't been made to move that and to under the guise of the violation of white female purity. Always. Yes. Always. Always. Um, so it's not to say that we haven't done that, but we have to continue to do that in ways that, that like Brandon said, have other factions that are supporting, have other ways of support. So like, I think one of the things is, you know, we, we do this in an insular way without having enough balance of the fact that we still have to be like in the mix of, um, the these other spaces the political spaces the law enforcement spaces etc and we haven't always had the opportunity to do that right because nope. that's the truth but we are in a new era and space where we have to take these opportunities in a different way than i think we have before and and there's and cultivate the mindset to operate the way that you need to once you get into those positions because a lot yes, of the elements yes, of the, the tokenism yeah. Our generation or the generation just above us, the people yes. who have managed to achieve in certain places, they haven't taken out the dragons that they had to avoid and no. they're protective of what they have. So they don't, they, uh, they, they, they take it as enough to be a symbol, to be a token yeah. in the system, as opposed to working to empower the collective within the system, because they know that makes them vulnerable to losing what they've gotten. But, at a, but you have to cultivate the consciousness of the people who, once we get there, it's worth risking that. It's worth losing it because of what can be gained, ultimately. Well, but that's also cultivating community thought, right? And we've talked about mm-hmm. that before. And the fact that, like, when you are thinking in the sense of, like, what I do advances not just me but my community, that's built into how you move, right? So every yep. advance that you make, like, that's how you and I move. That's how we've always moved. Like, we make decisions in our career with our money, with our philanthropy, with our creativity, et cetera, that always has the consciousness of how does this help my community? It's never mm-hmm. just solely based on how does this advance me as an individual. And I'm not even sure how that came to pass, if that was, like, something my mother instilled in me, or if that was teachers, or if I just came out that way. But that's how you and I operate. That's how everyone in my circle operates. And mm-hmm. it's just continuing to expand that ideology when we look at other communities that's how they be operating like yeah you know absolutely like, like jewish community at all part costs, is like riding for each other yes because the thought process is if we look out for each other it's gonna rock with me like it's gonna serve me so yeah, you know or, there's or, a or, i mean i think it's even more than that it's like Actually, I think they really, you know, a lot of these communities have very much ingested. I am not as important as the whole. So mm-hmm. even if it don't rock out for me, it's going to rock for my people, and my people yes. are what matters. But the survival that, but that of my still people, rocks right? out for me, right? Like, that's right, what I'm right, saying. right. And, and for them, that rocks out for them, yeah, because they see value in that. Like Americans can't even conceptualize suicide bombers. <laughs> Cause they're like, what, son? I mean, we're pretty much done with the military. <laughs> like, like we're done with that level of sacrifice. We're like, yeah, right. Why? We, we, why? We, we, explain, explain, explain. For what? I so, mean, if they show up here, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Was your initial response as a black person watching A, this is some bullshit, or B, oh shit, they about to tear some stuff up. Or C, they about to get a real education now. I went from C to B in to to A in about ten minutes. Um, you know, as a black person watching, my real thought process was they're not going to get like I already knew like they're not going to get any um, punishment significantly. Like, I was annoyed by it, but I also was like, yeah. Like, the fact that they put these people on no-fly, on the no-fly list is is hilarious and also just, like, actually surprising to me that they even went that far because... There are going to be a couple of symbolic people who get wrapped up. There are definitely going to be some people who get wrapped up, symbolic. I but- thought that they would wrap up, and again, while this is airing, they're deciding on the impeachment. I felt like they would wrap up Trump because they have to make it look like they're not in party with him, and they have to like make him the scapegoat, even though all these Republicans was in the mix with him. They have to scream and rah-rah and denounce it, but they don't have to 
do anything. But then he can still run for office again. And I don't think they want that. I don't think they want it to. Hey, look, I, I think they're they're back there like, all right. Uh, <laughs> so, yo, comments. <laughs> like, I mean, because I come on, y'all. We was we was on our knees in the back, y'all. He went. And we was under the table. <laughs> we was under the table. I said, I told him he could bring it there. He couldn't bring it. Don't bring it here. Bring it there. But he brought it here. So come on, y'all. I just feel like. <clears throat> That was my, so those are my initial thoughts. My initial thoughts, look at these crazy white folks. Sounds like they're going to get away with all of this shit. They're breaking a window. Like those are my, that was how my series of thoughts went. And then I, I was like, I was like, as long as Maxine Waters and Ayanna Presley are safe, um, I feel comfortable right now. Is the squad okay? Is the squad okay? All right, last one. We've all agreed that this is going to be a Zoom event, right? Because if not, I'm going to need someone to get the Pope on the line and ask if we can borrow his bulletproof car from Adam VP Kamala. So the inauguration. It has to be a Zoom event, right? Uh, yeah, I, wonder, I don't know what they're planning on doing. I don't know what. <clears throat> I mean, they just need because to shoot it like, like are a worried about war. Kamala's safety. You know, since all this went down unchecked, people are worried about them doing this thing out in the open and, you know, the safety of Biden and comms. Oh, I was like, I was like, Kamala? Maybe both of them, but. Well, Kamala is because she's a black woman. And so they still don't like the fact that she's both of that coming in. Yeah, but I don't know what that does for them, just taking Kamala out. But also just taking Joe out, just put Kamala up there. So. Exactly. Um, I. I I'm voting for a Zoom inauguration. The truth of the matter is we are in a weird space. We're in a new era. We, I, I, I know for me. I don't think they can do that symbolically. I think they got to they gotta stand up. They got to show up. They got to stand out there symbolically. I think they got to do it. But I'm saying, do they have to, can it, can it be closed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for the, for the most part, it's going to be limited, right? So because it's going to be because of the circumstances. So I think that will give them the, the ability to, to be, make it even more stringent and make sure that there aren't, and everybody who is there is vetted and things like, I think it gives them even more, more, uh, uh, rope with which to do that. We're really in the pandemic, Brandon. Still, we remain. Once more into the breach. Well, whether to suffer the slings and arrows, yes. um, I I appreciate you as always, and thank you for bringing your intellect, your wit, your knowledge and information um, to the conversation. Uh, for everybody who was watching all of this, um, I know we all said to ourselves, "Now they would have never done this if it was us." Like, and we all know that, and I think ultimately. That is what I feel like has rung out the longest out of all the reactions is the reality that like, if it were black people, this wouldn't have happened. And I don't know how much that really matters at the end of the day, because it's just like, it's an inalienable truth of this country. Um, and it's not going to change the way they deal with these people. Yeah. Like comparing what they would have done to black people to the, like, that's not what's going to change how they deal with these people. And then I saw someone say to me that we shouldn't use the word terrorist to de to um, define them because that is going against or that's supporting the symbolism of Muslims. And I was like, I need y'all to stop. First of all, I need white people to stop talking about anti-black. Muslims, I don't know. Basically, I think, the thought process is that when we... The, the thought process was that we shouldn't call them terrorists because that supports the ideology of the word terrorist being used for anyone who challenges the government. And I'm just like, that doesn't support that. These no. people were terrorists, not because they challenged the government. They were terrorists because of the methods that they used to challenge yeah. the government. And furthermore, and I said this on my Instagram, I'm going to say it here. They have been terrorizing fellow citizens through this ideology long before this and their general sick. behavior and their general behavior because this is how they behave in their lives and That's in their environment yeah. so you know but for me it's enough just call them criminals this is criminals look at these crimes these are crimes, these, but, crimes. but understand something everybody like 
Dylan Roof came out of this ideology, right? Like the, like the, the white people that are, that, that went to Michigan to, um, with plants. You reaching too far back. Uh, Nashville. This is the other, was it last week? I forgot all about. The other damn day. Yeah, so he's like, that's that's what that's what this last year has been. It's like I forgot about that mass bombing by that domestic white terrorist that happened a week and a half ago that was barely on the news. Barely on the news. So for folks to try to act like the word terrorist is not fair to be used or that it's inaccurate or that we should let it go. It's like, no, they need to be called what they are. There are Muslim terrorists. There are like, there are terrorists of all nations. Like that's not to say that that isn't the case. And for what it's worth, there is something to say that the fact that like, you know, folks like to try to homogenize the word terrorism for all Muslims, which is a completely, gross inaccuracy and should not be allowed. However, that does not undercut the reality that these crackers is terrorizing motherfuckers. And they have been domestic terrorists and they need to be held accountable for it. Will they? What? Well, it remains to be seen. But I'll tell you one thing, it ain't our fight. And that's that. Show you right. The last dose. Get your stimulus. Um, let's just see, you know, what goes on for the rest of this year. You know, keep energizing your crystals under the <laughs> under the new moon. Um, under the full moon. stimulus from Donald J. Trump. So that's your stimulus? That's not yeah, a stimulus. But, uh, yeah, no, it literally says, because I thought it was a, a, from a tax thing. How are says, you able to get a stimulus? It says economic impact payment, President Donald J. Trump, $230.85. I did not get one, but that is exactly what it says. I was like, oh. Well, that must that be. That ain't going to get it, but oh. You must have got a stimulus check on under your Instagram name. Like, you must have a fake Instagram name, and that's how you got your Instagram, your, your stimulus check, because. I don't know how I got that check. <laughs> Y'all, Brandon out here scamming the stimmies. <laughs> I didn't apply for that. What are you going to do with your $230? Deposit is in my bank. Buy, buy groceries. I buy groceries. absolutely bought a pair of Jordans with that. And that's a, the fit. That's I've, a, I've, I've never purchased nor owned a pair of Jordans. What? I mean, my, 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 my parents were certainly not buying them for me. And then I never liked, I never really liked high tops. It's just too much fabric around my ankle. I need, I need more mobility than that. I just, it's, it was too much fabric. Really? Yeah, my feet, my feet felt too encumbered. Remember, I'm a tropical people. So I need to, Usain Bolt. I need my feet out. I need my legs free. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> I, I, I love Brandon with all of my heart. I love y'all for listening. Please spread the word. Small doses. We continue on. Um, and I know a lot of us like are laughing. And then there's some of us who felt very, very anxiety ridden about, you know, January 6th. And ultimately all we can continue to do is breathe through this and be innovative and strengthen community in the many ways that I feel like folks have started doing in the midst of this pandemic, you know? So like, Folks have found ways to to remain connective and um, having weekly Zoom sessions with their family and, you know, doing things that they may have been too busy to do before and now feel like it's a priority to do. So everybody stay safe, stay strong, stay black. And Brandon, thank you as always for being willing to share your, just your aura and your existence with us. Well, well, peace and blessings to you and the people. <laughs> Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.